Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Talking season's almost over. We're just 11 days away from the start of Razorback Fall Camp. Less than six weeks away from the start of the season. We're going to talk about all of that, some of the stuff coming out of SEC Media Days. We're going to get with Danny West to talk the latest in recruiting because we are in a contact period. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't tuned in on Facebook Live and hit the like button uh, or hit the follow button, be sure to do so. Like the show, throw us a thumbs up, whatever it is. Let others know how to watch the show. If you've got a dad or a granddad or grandmother or something that likes Razorback Sports and they don't know how to do it, then show them how to do it. Also available on YouTube, be sure to throw us a thumbs up there and let your buddies know uh, how to follow the YouTube page also. I think we're getting close to about 10,000 subscribers, so if you haven't subscribed, be sure to do so and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star review, we'd love to have that. Football season is right around the corner, so anything you can do right now to help bump the channel up lets others know. It'll put them in, it'll put them in front of that channel and let them know to watch. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. All right. Let's see what we got here. Super seniors. There's been a lot of talk about super seniors lately, and I like the term. Now, it's been around for a while. People have said super seniors, but it's never really caught on. It used to be like to describe somebody who's like a fifth or six-year senior, like in college or something like that. But it never really caught on to guys. It was always just fifth-year senior or, you know, in college and, and uh, people who are injured or something like that and get a six-year of eligibility. They're always like, you know, uh, they're granted a six-year of eligibility. It's never been called a super senior. So Arkansas has 11 super seniors, 12 regular seniors, so 23 seniors all total, and Usually when you got a lot of seniors, that's a pretty good sign. Now, for Arkansas, I've said before, I think that's going to help them close the gap on some teams. There's a big difference. I mean, some of these guys are 24 years old. There's a big difference in teams like maybe an Alabama or Auburn or you know somebody else maybe got some five-stars on their roster. Even if they're a five-star, being like 19 years old versus a guy who's 24, I mean, that's a pretty significant difference. So – I think it can help Arkansas close the gap a little bit. They've got more super seniors back than any other team in the SEC with 11. And I'll run through them real quick. You've got uh, Grant Morgan, Dorian Gerald, Tyson Morris, Deion Edwards, Hayden Henry, TJ Hammonds, Trey Williams, Ty Clary, Myron Cunningham, Blake Kern, and Markel Utzi. So, I mean, by my count, that's like nine guys that you would expect to really contribute for you this year, like contribute in a pretty big way. 
I think that's pretty significant. Those guys would not have been here again otherwise. I think that's pretty notable. Can Arkansas close the gap a little bit sooner than they normally would have due to having so many of these guys back? Myron Cunningham, as we mentioned, is one of them. Now, Myron, I always thought that Myron was like maybe a seventh-round seventh draft grade. Uh, <laughs> draft, draft grade. I want to say draft grade. Draft grade. But he was more like fourth or fifth round and came back because he thinks he's, he's higher. And I've said before that I think him walking around in 330 pounds for another year after going from 290 and 219, 2019, can't talk today, uh, I think that's going to be big for him, just carrying that weight for a whole other year. Now, when he came back, I think he was under the impression that he was going to be working under Brad Davis. Brad Davis didn't hold up his end of the bargain, obviously left for his hometown in Baton Rouge when that came open. Uh, the LSU offensive line job came open after the spring. But they seem to really like uh, Cody Kennedy. And Cody Kennedy, you know, Pittman had a plan for him uh, when he got to Arkansas. And, you know, he, there's been a lot of discussion about this lately because he mentioned Dow Loggins with that too. But he's, he said when he hires a tight ends coach, he, hi, he wants to hire a guy or a special teams coordinator. He wants to hire a guy who maybe can eventually be his offensive line coach or his offensive coordinator. So that's what he was thinking when he hired Cody, Cody Kennedy as, as the tight ends coach. Now, the plan was expedited. It was moved up a lot. But he's thinking, you know, if, if Brad Davis ever moves, then I've got my offensive line coach in Cody Kennedy. I know the players really like him. He is more inexperienced and a little bit younger, obviously. And, you know, that's obviously a bit of a red flag. Now, that doesn't mean he can't do the job. It just means that there's not a big splash around it. And, and we'll see, you know, is he learning on the job? Is he learning how to do things at this level? I think that he's got a lot of energy. I think he's well-liked just on the reports that I've heard. That doesn't always mean he's going to be a great offensive line coach. So we'll see how things shake out. But it is good in the same hand that you've got a guy like Sam Pittman uh, who has an offensive line background. And Cody Kennedy has spent time with him before. He worked in 2018 under as a graduate assistant. He actually worked on the uh, lower level, uh, the FCS level, and then went grad assistant and then uh, I believe went to Tulane from there and then was going to be offensive coordinator at Southern Miss, offensive line coach and offensive coordinator. I believe that was the title anyway before Arkansas came and, and scooped him up. So that's what it is right now. And with Dow Loggins, people have kind of been like, well, he didn't call – you know, he wasn't very good in the NFL calling plays. Well, he got a lot of opportunities. And, you know, there have been other coaches that haven't had success on the NFL level that have had success in college. I'm not comparing Dow Loggins to them necessarily. I'm not saying he's like Nick Saban or um, Lou Holtz, for example, or Steve Spurrier. But, I mean, I'm just saying that there are coaches that have done that, right? So, but with Loggins, he didn't say he's going to be our next offensive coordinator if Kendall Bryles ever leaves. And Kendall Bryles is the name that people talk about as a potential head coach. So it could happen. I don't know that he's like going to go leave Arkansas to be an offensive coordinator somewhere else as much as maybe eventually uh, have his eyes on running his own program. And if that happens, then Loggins would be a candidate. You know, I've, I've always thought it's, it's better in a lot of cases, and you see this around college football, to just kind of transition instead of bringing in somebody new. Now, with Nick Saban, his philosophies are – if he brings in a new offensive or defensive coordinator, they don't come in with his with his new scheme and everybody's got to learn the scheme. They come in and they run the scheme that they've been running. Why should everybody else have to learn one scheme when really only one person has to learn and it's a coach and it's his job? So that's kind of the philosophy that he's had before. But he didn't say that Dow Loggins is my next offensive coordinator. He's just you know, indicated that he's a candidate. So I just wanted to clear that up. 
A lot of award watch list stuff coming out. Uh, obviously, I mentioned last week, Grant Morgan and Jalen Catalan were on the uh, Bedniark uh, watch list. Bedniark? Am I saying that right? Bednarik? Bednarik? <laughs> I cannot talk today. I think actually, actually, I think last week I said Butkus, and I, 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 I spoke wrongly, but it was Bedniark. Bednarik. Bedniark. I don't know why that's not sounding right to me, but um, anyway, we mentioned that last week. Um, you had Traylon Burks on the Maxwell and the Bolitnikoff. Traylon Smith recently on the Doak Walker. Uh, then... More recently, you had Ricky Stromberg on the Remington, which goes out to the top center in the country. Arkansas has had a couple players win that. And then you've had uh, – or just one player. Was it just uh, just Jonathan Luiggs, Luiggs who, who won the Remington? I think so. And then you had two players win the Mackey Award at Arkansas before in uh, DJ Williams and Hunter Henry. Now Hudson Henry is on the Mackey Award watch list. Also, this was released just uh, about three days ago, I guess. Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool have been now named to the uh, Butkus Award watch list. That was named today, and that is accurate. Butkus, Jalen Catalan, as we mentioned, named to the James, uh, the Jim Thorpe Award watch list, which goes to the best defensive back. And we voted on all SEC teams, and I actually didn't homer it up this year. I, a lot of years, I'll kind of like throw a guy in there that I, you know, kind of project. Like, you know, this guy I think is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going to put him on the all-SEC list, and it never happens. It never works out. All, every time I pick a surprise guy, he never makes all-SEC. So the five guys that I actually picked to make all-SEC were voted on by the media to win all-SEC. So just run through those real quick. You could probably guess on it. Uh, Traylon Burks was first-team All-SEC. Ricky Stromberg, Grant Morgan, and Jalen Catalan were second-team. Now, I did have Stromberg, Morgan, and Catalan all picked on the first team, not the second team. Uh, and I had Myron Cunningham on my second team, and he was on the third team. So, I guess maybe I homered it up a little bit, but not too dramatic. I mean, not too dramatically. I don't think it's a big stretch to say that Grant Morgan, who was a first-team All-SEC performer last year, should have been first-team All-SEC again. And Jalen Catalan was on one of two, and he ended up on the second team. I thought about, you know, it's his bumper pull. Should I put him in there? I don't know. That would have been my, maybe my other guy that I kind of went back and forth on, but I didn't end up doing it. So, in the picks, you had Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, South Carolina, Vanderbilt in the east – and in the West, you had Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Auburn, Arkansas, and Mississippi State in the West. I actually had Arkansas fifth, and they ended up sixth. Pretty substantially, actually. Auburn had 440 votes at fifth place, and Arkansas had 241 for sixth. Somebody gave Arkansas a first-place vote. It was not me, but somebody did. Alabama's your SEC champion. I actually picked Georgia, which Georgia wasn't too terribly far behind. It was 84 to 45. And then everybody else. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina all got one vote. I don't know who's voting South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida. Well, Florida, maybe I can understand, but Ole Miss, Kentucky, South Carolina. So, I'm not going to go through the whole SEC, whole all-SEC team. You guys, if you want to do that, you can go check that out later. The sporting news, though, uh, day before yesterday came out with their updated preseason top 25 ranking. And, you know, I mean, it's – you know, there's a couple teams that jump out. Army is 24th. Ole Miss is the one I want to talk about, though. Auburn's 22. Ole Miss is 21st. And 
I don't know what it is about Ole Miss, and I'm not saying they're not rankable. I get it. Lane Kiffin, he's got an explosive offense. They've got a guy that is the preseason SEC player of the year at quarterback. I understand that. But it almost feels like everybody, like, all the time looks for a reason to get, ten, uh, to get Ole Miss into the top 25. Why is that? Is it just because everybody likes Lane Kiffin so much? Like, for Arkansas, I know if you're at Arkansas – the only reason you would ever get a preseason top 25 vote or make a list like that, the only reason you'd ever get it is if, A, you're coming off of a top 25 finish the year before, and, B, your quarterback returns from last year. Or you got a guy like Tyler Wilson who played a lot the year before. Everybody had a lot of confidence in them. Arkansas, I think, finished 12th that year, so they were ranked that year when Tyler Wilson was a first-year starter. That's the only reasons that Arkansas is ever getting a preseason title. Nobody's ever going to go like, man, I think they might be pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote Arkansas. I'm going to make Arkansas my dark, dark horse pick. Never happens. And you have Ole Miss here, 21st. Ole Miss has not finished has not finished in the coaches or the Associated Press top 25 in others getting votes. They haven't gotten a single vote on the final poll since 2015. So it's not like they're regular. They're just knocking on the door here. And, again, I'm not saying they're not rankable. I'm just saying, like, Arkansas would never, never get that kind of treatment. Maybe part of it's because of Arkansas's arduous slate ahead, as written by Brad Crawford at 24-7 Sports. Does a great job for us. One of ten questions that were answered at SEC Media, Media Days in his notebook. Does Arkansas have the SEC's toughest schedule? You're damn right they do. They've got – I love Sam Pittman's quote about having, you know, the toughest schedule in the history of college football last year, the toughest schedule in college football this year. He said they're national champions, number one ranked team in the country, national champions of having the toughest schedule in the country, repeating. And he thinks they're going to three-peat next year just looking at it. And I agree. It's probably right. I mean, they play a brutal schedule every single year. And they know it. They get eight weeks without a bye also on top of all that. And then they get four teams at the end. It's not an easy stretch. You know, one of the reasons that Arkansas is going to be a lot better, and it's two of the guys that I already mentioned, Trey Williams, Markel Etsy on the defensive line, John Ridgway, who's not a technical six-year guy. But uh, I guess he probably is a fifth-year senior. But he could technically, I guess, return another year. But – Arkansas has improved their depth on the defensive line so much with this with these guys. There's been a lot of positive talk about Trey Williams, how twitchy he is, how he comes off the line so well, and uh, how he's helping some of the other players on the defensive line. I actually think at end, Arkansas has got some talent. They just have not gotten to the quarterback for whatever reason. But on the interior, Ridgeway and Utsi to go with Isaiah Nichols and some other guys that they have coming back, you know, Torian Carter starting to come along. I just really think that's a big boost for them up front on the defensive line. I think we're going to see more multiple defense, if Sam Pittman said. Uh, they kind of forced to run a 3-2-6 last year most of the time. And we're still going to see that a lot. I mean, there's no reason not to do it against Mississippi State unless you want to just mix it up and throw them off a little bit because it worked perfectly against them. It worked great against Ole Miss. But I think they're going to be able to use a lot more four-man fronts with these guys. And I'm really intrigued with John Ridgway. I think he could have as big an impact as anybody. But you've also got, you know, Levi Draper. You know, can, can he stay healthy? He got hurt in the first game last year, but he's a transfer linebacker from Oklahoma, a guy that they need to step up. Missed the whole – missed most of all last season with the shoulder injury. Missed 
all the spring, all the contact stuff in the spring. But he's a guy that we look at as, you know, can this guy be a fourth linebacker for Arkansas? Can he move up to third? Can he fill in when they need him to? So I think that's a big um, a big guy to look at. You know, you also got Jaquelin Crawford who came in last year as a transfer. We didn't talk about Trent Gordon who enrolled early as a transfer. So they've got a lot of guys that are older players who should help them this year uh, who weren't around last year. So you've got, you know, a good influx of transfers including Draper, Jaqueline Crawford, who transferred in last year from Oklahoma. But one, one guy played one, guy, one game, the other guy sat out. And, you know, all the other guys that have come in, in addition to 11 super seniors coming back and 12 seniors moving up. So I say addition to, but Utsi and, and Trey Williams are super seniors also. Sam Pittman says he's not one bit worried about the wide receiver room. He was asked that question a little bit about Mike Woods. And you know, we talked about that a little bit in the walk and talk. If you haven't caught, catch the walk and talk, you should go watch that. But uh, we talked a little bit about that. I'm not going to go back into it. But he did say Devion Warren was his number two wide receiver last year before he got hurt. How much of an impact is he going to make coming back? Is Trey Knox going to return to form that he was in like the first four games of his freshman season because he hasn't been that since wasn't just a sophomore slump it was a second half of the soft of the freshman year and the entire sophomore year I thought he had a really good spring Jaqueline Crawford is he going to come in and make an impact they need some of these guys to step up I think they got some guys I mean when we talk about you know Jaqueline Crawford Trey Knox I mean there's a there's a lot of guys who are four-star prospects Darren Turner Keetron Jackson who are four-star prospects, and some guys have already left, like uh, Shamar Nash, you know, um, the other wide receiver, his name is escaping me right now, but uh, TQ Jackson. But they they had a, some guys that, you know, were four-stars who didn't paint out. So just by percentage standpoint, one of these other four-stars should emerge at some point, right? One of them. Two of them would be fantastic. Odds are that should happen. Now, Arkansas did have some issues. We talked about Brad Davis leaving the team, and, you know, he uh, uh, Pittman fired John Cooper, and Derek LeBlanc fired those two coaches, replaced them, and then had two coaches leave him, and Justin Steppe left for Columbia, which is his hometown, and uh, Brad Davis leaving for Baton Rouge, which is his hometown. But they did return both coordinators, and Barry Odom and uh, Kendall Browse, as we mentioned, returned both of those coordinators, and – he feels like they have a strong staff return. Also returned Scott Fountain, who, you know, he'll say time and time again that there were problems on special teams that stemmed from finding out Friday night before the kickoff that they lost a player on special teams. I'm not sure it's all on that, but there were some issues there that stemmed from that. And they worked a lot on special teams in the spring. I'm not sure that they answered a lot of questions just yet in terms of who are going to be return men, who's going to be kicker, punter, all those things, even holder. But they did return all three coordinators. Return Jamil Walker, and Jamil Walker is a guy that interviewed with South Carolina. A lot of stuff like Sam Pittman paving his own way. Those kind of questions were asked a lot. Like not a lot of offensive line coaches, but uh, you know, Phil Fulmer was an offensive line coach who moved into uh, being a head coach. Uh, Dabo Sweeney was a wide receivers coach. Shane Beamer is another one who was special teams coordinator at best, but is never an offensive-defensive coordinator. And I think Pittman made a good point about moving from offensive line coach, and he did have some opportunities here and there to be a coordinator, but never took it. But uh, from being an offensive line coach, you manage more players than any other coach on the roster, any other coach. 
I mean, you got like 20 guys that you deal with every year, every day versus a quarterback who's got, what, four or five guys, something like that, quarterback's coach. Offensive line coach deals with a lot of players. No, no other position group has as many. So I thought he made a good point about that. It's almost like, you know, like uh, you think of like, here we go, political again, but like people running for president, you've got senators and governors. An offensive line coach is kind of more like a governor. He's managing his own group over here. Coordinators are senators. Razorbacks taking on blue-collar personality under Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman damn proud to be at Arkansas. Those, a lot of those kind of titles, a lot of articles we wrote, blue-collar, damn proud, damn proud state. Hope I don't get flagged with my no cussing on here, <laughs> but I'm just quoting. Arkansas also is 92% vaccinated. We talked a little bit about that and how that can play in. 89% of the team, 92% of the building. You're standing next to somebody who has COVID. You don't have to quarantine. That's a big deal for a football team. Whether you agree with it or not, I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying that's a big deal for a football team to not have to quarantine just because you're next to somebody who has tested positive for COVID. The only reason you would is if you started showing symptoms. So, And we know throughout all of last season, one reason Rakeem Boyd left the team early is because he was going to have to go into quarantine again just for just for being around somebody who had COVID, not because he tested positive, just for being around somebody. That wouldn't have happened this time around. All right, obviously the big news that uh, is Oklahoma and Texas had just, just today officially formally informed the Big 12 of their departure from the conference. And I want to say this. Anybody who ever said, and it's not just because OU and Texas are joining the SEC now, it's because they want to. It's because they want to do that. They see what the SEC is. Anybody who has ever said that the SEC is not the strongest conference or it's a media creation or something, you have officially, and you need to accept, that you have been lying to yourselves for years and years. You have been lying to yourselves. People have been telling you it's the strongest conference in the country, and it's not just because of Alabama or the teams at the top. It's because of the depth all the way through the conference. It's because of the money. It's because of the fan support. It's because of the facilities. It's because of the recruits that come in, the recruiting rankings. I mean, most of these teams are finishing in the top 30 in recruiting year after year after year. Most of these teams in the Big 12 that Oklahoma and Texas are facing are below that line. So maybe they don't know what, quite what they're getting into, but it's different. It's a different kind of conference. And I'll say this too to the people that say Arkansas is a better fit in the Big 12. You still feel that way? You feel like you're wrong on that. I've been wrong before. It's okay. But that was definitely wrong. And there's nothing to me that looked more cowardice than saying, like, let's just go and compete in the Big 12 somewhere we can compete. What about whatever happened to bowing your neck and getting it done? And that's what I like about the way Sam Pittman talks about it. Going to bow their neck and get it done. Get damn proud. All right. How long have we gone here? Probably a little while. I've been rambling for about 20 minutes. I want to bring in Danny West because I mentioned we're going to talk a little bit about Razorback recruiting. And it's a big time. Right now is a quiet period, so recruits and such can uh, jump on and come on campus. Uh, and that's they've got a big event coming up, a, a barbecue. They already had some players recently in. But they got a, a cookout deal coming up here uh, for recruits. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello. Daniel West, how you doing, brother? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, not much. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, (coughs) running. i just kind of been ranting, I guess, for about 20 straight minutes, and um, it's time to talk a little bit about recruiting. And I wanted to bring this up to you first, Danny. Because I've been talking about Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, and you have an article about what it could mean for recruiting, and there's been a lot of talk. Is this good for Arkansas? Is it bad for Arkansas? I mean, I think in one hand you talk about, like, well, it reduces probably the amount of times that you're going to end up playing Vanderbilt, possibly, or it just it strengthens the lead a little, league a little bit, so maybe it's a, it makes everything a little bit tougher. But at the same time, I think it really opens some doors in recruiting. I think it maybe lessens the appeal of some other teams that Arkansas recruits against, like Baylor or TCU or Texas Tech, you know, some of those schools. I think it kind of – Lessens that lessens their attractiveness. What's your thought on it? Just kind of tell me a few of the things you outlined here in this article. Yeah, there's a lot to it, as you know. I mean, a lot of different angles you could go with. On the surface, when I first heard that Texas and OU are possibly joining the SEC, which now looks imminent, right? Right. But I was thinking the same way. I was like, "Dang, man, Arkansas! <laughs> like they're just now starting to set the foundation and rebuild again." And now you're throwing in two more. But over the weekend, I, I gave it some more thought. And I, really what I kept coming back to was Texas A&M. Right. right. I mean, since they joined the league, just it's been a tremendous amount of success for them in recruiting. They've kind of taken over that state more times than not. And when really, before they joined the league, Oklahoma was ahead of Texas A&M in terms of drawing Texas talent, top 50 type players annually. So, if there was a drastic change there once they started waving that SEC banner a little bit, and, and uh, it hurt Arkansas. Obviously, you could see that in nine straight losses to A&M. When, mm-hmm. you know, it's ironically uh, the, the final three years of, of their Big 12 tenure, they went 0 and 3 against Arkansas. So, you know, long story short, and, and people are are they're welcome to go click that article. It's a VIP, but. Um, long story short, I think A&M draw, uh, drew so much talent over the last 10 years that probably is going to start spreading back towards Oklahoma and Texas, and the key word there is spread. Mm-hmm. And no one team is going to lock it all up, and right. A&M is, has done quite a bit of that in recent years. So when you look at it from that standpoint, I think it benefits Arkansas. Uh, 
when you expand the footprint, I think that benefits a team. I just saw Brandon Marcello say the same thing. Arkansas and Missouri should be ecstatic about this because it, exta- it expands the footprint out west, makes it more regional. And you know as well as I do, a lot of those kids, they want to leave the state. And, uh, you know, Arkansas could benefit from that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything's just awesome because you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. If you're Arkansas, there's still a challenge there. Now you have to recruit uh, more directly against those schools, more consistently, I would say. And we've we've seen it time and time again. Arkansas typically is going to struggle to go into Texas and beat Texas for a kid that they actually want, right? Mm-hmm. Same deal with Oklahoma. They don't let many get away, and when they do, they go to Alabama, like the Jacobs kid, Oklahoma or um, Ohio State, places like that, or you know OSU gets a few of them as well there within the state. So I don't know, man. It, it's interesting to me, but the data certainly supports the idea that maybe A and M dropping a few notches here could be beneficial to Arkansas. Yep. So what? helps what hurts uh texas a&m helps arkansas the enemy of my enemy is my friend that's right uh i I, I just think they're more gettable you know mm -hmm. what i mean and and here lately over the last decade or since 2012 they haven't been gettable for arkansas well they've been right there they just should have won some of those right like five of them (laughs) they're right there straight yeah that that's a streak now i know and it really that, is that streak needs to come to an end and i think this could help that yeah danny west joining us again you can follow danny at danny west 247 on twitter most of his content is vip so if you want the latest in razorback recruiting news you're going to need to uh to subscribe right now and you can get it for just one dollar for your first month right now so i also think danny like you can you may not beat texas in many head-to-head battles at all but if you can get them a couple of times, they come over to the SEC and they don't know what they're getting into, and you get them a couple of times, you become a little trendy. You become kind of yeah. hot. I mean, Oklahoma technically doesn't have any business reaching into Texas, just taking their guys, right? But Oklahoma wins a lot of games. And um, once you kind of get the ball rolling, then you can maybe keep it rolling a little bit. So yeah. I want to get uh, with – right now we're in a quiet period. And well, actually, uh, I don't know if we talked to you, talked to you about Patrick Kudis. Uh, we I think we talked about him a little bit on the show, uh, maybe last week. But uh, he's Arkansas's latest commitment, and he's he's going to work offensive line. It sounds like. Yeah, which is somewhat surprising. I think they always kind of told him, "We want you regardless of whatever," you know. And then there at the end, um, you know, just looking at it, backing up a little bit, you you already had three really good offensive linemen that you felt good about in this class. And he just he kind of adds to that. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I think uh, maybe maybe at this point, Trey, they started looking at another year of incoming transfers along the defensive line. I'm just not seeing a ton of guys out there that are really uh, gettable to use that word again. Mm-hmm. But so maybe we see that again, and and uh, they feel uh, confident that he's going to be able to make the transition full time to offensive line. He certainly got the frame. He's He's got the smarts, all of that. So uh, really didn't shock me that they would take that route. But I think that pretty much sums up, unless they can go out and swing for the fences and, and get one of these guys like a uh, Bryson Hurst or somebody later in the year, four-star type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, four is a pretty solid number on the offensive line. And, and uh, you know, I think that's probably where it ends up. 
And but, Dan- yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Patrick. He, he played a little bit close to the vest, to be honest with you. If you recall, I think you had to write that commitment story yeah. last week, two weekends ago, because I was at a baby shower, and I had no idea he was about to do that, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Which so is pretty rare. For them. He, had some, <laughs> he had some pretty good offers. Yeah, Danny West joining us. And, Danny, you also mentioned that you think this can be a, a pretty big week for Razorback recruiting coming up. Uh, we talked about the, yeah. the cookout that they have planned uh, here coming up at the end of the week. Yep, uh, that'll be on Saturday. Really, the action could get started on Thursday, of course, with Anthony Brown. As far as I know, Trey still set to announce this this uh, coming Thursday. So I haven't stamped down a time yet with Anthony, but obviously a lot of reasons to like Arkansas there. I think they're 100% uh, with the crystal ball so far. He's a, uh, we call him an athlete out of Milan, Tennessee. I guess I'm saying that right, Milan. But uh, yeah, he, he played both sides of the ball. Arkansas actually likes him at defensive back, so He's been here twice in the past two months. He came on his official in early June, and then lo and behold, we're at a camp a week later, and we look up, and there's Anthony Brown back on campus and uh, started asking around, you know, like, hey, what's the deal here? Kid wanted to come back again for his unofficial, so you know as well as I do from your days covering this full-time, that's probably a good sign, right, for Arkansas, especially now you've got his buddy on board, Jalen Lewis, another Tennessee kid there. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and there was one other for uh, for Anthony going to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the other finalists going into Thursday if if he holds that commitment date? So again, I still like Arkansas. And then Saturday, as you mentioned, I wouldn't call it a you know a, a huge event. I think they're going to have several of their committed guys. Matter of fact. A lot of those have already confirmed with me that they're they're going to be in Fayetteville. And then you've got a couple of others. Jalen White, safety out of Parkview. I've uh, been on him for a while. He was up here for an unofficial last month as well. And then uh, Jordan Crook. Everybody's talking about Jordan right now, right? Duncanville linebacker, uh, six foot 225, recently com- decommitted from Oklahoma State, opened it back up shortly after his Arkansas official last month. So, a lot of signs pointing for Arkansas there as well. And you can read that entire list on HAWGsports.com. Danny's got the full running list and he's keeping it updated <clears throat> for any other additions. And uh, if they do get crook, that would be their first commitment out of the state of Texas uh, in this recruiting class. I think they have, what, 16 on board right now. So, That's right. Um, yeah, definitely Bald, need to keep those inroads t- going into Texas. Yeah. Yeah, much has been made about that, too. A lot of people asking me, how important is it, or, or is that killing us right now? And the way I see it, Trey, um, I see it two ways. I see it both ways, obviously. But no, it doesn't always matter where they come from, as long as you're making up for it somewhere else. And with this class, as we've talked about ge- um, geographically, they're coming from everywhere. So mm-hmm. the hope is that those guys are just as good as the ones in Texas. But at some point... You know, I think you need uh, consistent pipelines and, and connections. So, yeah, I think they do need to try to, anyway, get get into Texas with a little more consistent. I mean, it's pretty wild when you think about it. I mean, obviously you got some commitments from Arkansas. You've got commitments from Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio. Uh, wow. But uh, nobody from Texas yet. So yeah. maybe, maybe that will change here soon. All right, Danny, yeah. anything else you want to add before I cut you loose? Well, that's about it, buddy. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate appreciate you you joining us. All right, everybody. 
That's Danny West. And again, to follow Danny West recruiting content, you do need a VIP membership. It is $1 right now at HAWGsports.com or 30% off for your first year if you choose to go that route. But fall camp's about to start up, so you're going to want all this stuff coming from hogsports.com, number one independent source on Razorback sports. What else we got? Oh, we didn't talk about Parker Livingston visited, but you can read that article again by Danny West. He's a 2024 wide receiver who just came, uh, recently offered by Arkansas out of Texas. Love, Joy. Danny West recently also updated the Big Red Recruiting Board for offense, which breaks down every single prospect that is receiving interest from Arkansas that is also reciprocating that interest. Like guys that are real possibilities, breaks them down. Tells whether it's trending up or down, just kind of a big-picture look. A lot of really good games coming up that first week. Man, it's just it's less than six weeks away, guys. There's updated lines on all the games, Nebraska, Illinois, Ohio State, Minnesota, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Wisconsin, Western Michigan, Michigan, Alabama, Miami, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, UCLA, Notre Dame, Florida State, Louisville, Ole Miss, course we'll be watching Arkansas and Rice but that's it's a it's a nice slate of games that opening weekend then a really good slate that next weekend too by the way I thought this was cool I wanted to mention it before we get to your questions we're about to get to them now if you haven't gotten them in Arkansas is ninth all time ninth all time tied for ninth I should say with I think it's a list of 13 schools total with Arkansas tied for ninth uh, of teams that have knocked off the number one ranked team uh, in the associated press, press poll Arkansas has done it four times. Three of those times were against Texas. The last time they did it was 2007 at LSU. I got that Wood game. Darren McFadden. All right. Lisa Cup Hancock says, this is great. Share. Yes, please share the content if you haven't done so already. All right, before we get started with these questions, I want to remind you one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live. Follow the page if you haven't done so already. I think we're probably approaching 85,000 follows or so. Um, I'd love to get that number up to 100,000 pretty soon. I think we're inching close to it, about to flip. So follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw the video a like, thumbs up, happy face, frown face if you don't like it, I guess. But interact with the video. Uh, it certainly helps people see it more when people interact with it. Also available on YouTube, throw us a thumbs up there. Subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't done so. A dramatic majority of people who watch the video aren't even subscribed to the video and it's regular watchers so if you haven't subscribed subscribe hit the notification <laughs> hit the notification bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos as well also available on apple podcasts it's been a while since somebody left a review on there people have you know thrown us a five-star rating stuff and we love the rating please throw us a five-star rating if you like the content again it really helps i mean nothing like that helps boost the channel up and puts it in front of more faces and helps us out so um, please do so if you haven't thrown us a five-star rating and if you want to leave a review we'd love to have that from you as well also available on spotify stitcher anywhere else you can pick up the five foot podcast all right donnell williams says i don't feel recruiting will be hurt with texas and oklahoma joining the sec i think it could possibly be helped and i think there's a lot of arguments of like texas a&m joining the sec good for arkansas well they're no longer the westernmost team in the sec they're no longer you know, there's all those kind of discussion, but, like, is it going to put Arkansas in front of more faces? And it didn't really help Arkansas. I mean, Brett Bielema just kind of abandoned Texas altogether, really. And uh, Texas A&M is just kind of – I mean, they had one of their best teams ever last year and have beaten Arkansas – what did Danny say? Nine, is it nine times in a row? I thought it was eight. Regardless, 
ridiculous, absurd. Arkansas hasn't – Arkansas leads the all-time series pretty significantly even with this latest run that Texas A&M has had. This is just not something Arkansas is used to with Texas A&M. David S. Smith says we beat Texas when we were in the Southwest Conference. I don't see any reason why we can't beat them in the SEC. Will Link says pros and cons to Texas and Oklahoma. Yes, they're pros and cons. You just got to hope the pros outweigh the cons. Michael Cox says why hire a tight ends coach or special teams coordinator with the intention of turning them into an OC? Wouldn't it make more sense to promote from the quarterback or wide receiver coach role? Uh, I don't know if that makes more sense or not. I mean – I think uh, with a tight ends coach is somebody that you'd like to promote somewhere within your program. I think Sam Pittman sees a lot of similarities with how you coach tight ends with offensive line, but that's that's kind of been his philosophy. Um, I think you know, I think maybe bringing Dow Loggins in with the idea that hey, one day you could be an offensive coordinator. Maybe you don't get Dow uh, without you know that that kind of language in there. I don't know. But that's, that's been what Pittman said. I asked him the question in our breakout interview um, before everything got started at SEC Media Days. That's what he told me. Are we bringing an, uh, another linebacker recruits in this class? Uh, I think so. I mean, we talked about uh, Jordan Crook a uh, good bit there, and I think that he's a guy that they would love to have. Philip Doolin says Texas and Oklahoma already get the recruits they want usually. Well, not always, Philip. I mean, they've been – They've been taking a little bit of a backseat to Texas A&M if you've been paying attention to the recruiting rankings and stuff. So it hasn't been just like – I mean, they used to always get Texas A&M, really, and now it hadn't been that way since they've been in the SEC. The SEC for Texas A&M has been a good thing. Talked about Crook and Anthony Brown, Will. I think you heard that. Will Texas join this year or not? They're not going to join this year. I think their contract ends in 2025. They're going to get out of there before that. They'll play this season or this season and the next, and that'll be it, I bet. And there was some language about an $80 million fine that they'd have to pay the Big 12. But can you really be owed $80 million to something that no longer exists? And they'll negotiate it down. I mean, I'm just I'm not being totally serious there, but they'll negotiate that down also. David S. Smith says, heard we will still have open scholarships any chance that will – fill them before practice starts. They don't have any open scholarships. I mean, they could put some walk-ons on scholarship that have been on campus a year. It used to be two years, but now it's just a year. But they can't bring any new players in and put them on scholarship. They filled in. They filled up the incoming number, but they haven't – I don't think they filled up the 85 discounting the 11 super seniors that they have. Rocky, you're not going to get me to say that. Brother Biddy, how does one go about hiring an athlete for a business endorsement with the new NIL? That's a good maybe that's a good question for the University of Arkansas. They got a whole program set up for that. I mean, I guess I don't I don't know what the steps are, to be honest with you. Contact the University of Arkansas, maybe. Maybe do that first. I know they got a whole program around it. Joey Marks won't be this year. Jason Hunter says, can we watch a live game without participating in political-based fear-filled mandates? A live game without participating in political fear or allow the government to inject? What are you talking about? Why are you bringing that here, Jason? Chris Light, sup, Biddy. Rover, Arkansas is here. Sup, Chris. Good to have you on here. Donnell Williams says, 2024 soonest. I, I, I could see it being 2024. I could see it being 2023, actually. I think I think I mean I don't think that they just stick in the conference for three or four years knowing they're going to leave. 
David S. Smith says he hates the black bears. And they're not the black bears anymore, though, David. They're the sharks. They got a, they got a shark walking around, a land shark. J-Mo says Arkansas will surprise a lot of people this year. I'm not saying we'll beat everybody. We will shock some teams. I think it's – I could see it happening. I mean, it all depends – not all of it, but so much of it depends on how good K.J. Jefferson is as a quarterback. I mean, they'll, they'll go as far as he takes. If K.J. sucks next year, then Arkansas will also suck. No matter how much improvement they've made in all these other areas, they will suck if, if K.J. sucks. It's how important the position is. Hi, Trey. How do you get the free para? I'm not sure what you mean, Barbara. Free para. How do you get the free Paramount Plus? Oh, I got you. So, Barbara, if you are not on any other promotion and you're subscribed to hogsports.com, say you signed up for the dollar deal, and then after a month the dollar runs out, you decide you want to keep the subscription, then you are eligible then for Paramount Plus, okay? So the way you would go, get that is you go to your settings at the top right. You'll see you'll see your name. You, get, you click on that. You go to your settings or you hover over that. Either it depends on if you're desktop or mobile. And you'll see a drop-down box. You click on your settings, and you'll re-authenticate, enter your username, password. And then under subscriptions, if, you're, if it's available to you, you'll see it. It'll say Paramount Plus, and it's a clickable link. So you can click that, follow the steps, and you can sign up for Paramount Plus for free. And you get Paramount Plus for as long as you're subscribed to Hog Sports. If you're subscribed to Hog Sports for the next 10 years, then you will have gotten 10 years of Paramount Plus, which is $100 a year. It's like $1,000. And it's the good version. It's the commercial-free version. It used to be CBS All Access, but they rebranded to Paramount Plus right around when the Super Bowl, if you saw all those ads that came out, rebranded to Paramount Plus and included like Comedy Central, BET, Sasonian, all these other ones, you know, all the Paramount movies, all that stuff is all there in one app. So it's a good deal to have. I use it all the time. Arkansas is always treated like the redheaded stepchild. It does feel like that. Maybe, maybe there's enough other stepchilds in the league now. I don't know if Texas A&M is a stepchild or not. They've been doing pretty well. But Missouri, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, maybe they're all stepchildren now. <laughs> Get enough stepchildren in there then. Maybe it balances things out. Will Lennox says, do you think KJ – I mean, with this whole thing, Texas A&M definitely being treated like a stepchild. I mean, that's true. They don't want Texas A&M there, or they don't want Texas there. No question. You think KJ is going to have a great year? I think he can. I mean, he's shown us some really good things in the past. It's just like, is he going to be consistent week to week? I mean, there's going to be things that come up. Like, what are his tendencies going to be? Is he going to be one of these guys that hold the ball too long? Um is he not aware of the first down marker? We saw that a little bit with the LSU game his freshman year. There's all those other kind of things. Toddy Jones says, loving the hairstyle, Trey Biddy. Appreciate you. I mean, when the weather gets like this, it gets a little bit curly. But I got it kind of slicked down. <laughs> Jason Hunter says, when baseball players are arrested on Dixon Street for drinking, no one coming here to play. Just saying, let them play. What are you talking about, Jason? Tommy Atkins says, Arkansas is going to be better this year than last year. We will compete this year and finish with six wins or more. I think eight wins is not out of the question. I think six wins is about what they did last year. I think they would have won the three non-conference games. Barbara Blaine says, I'm a member of Hog Sports and wonder, is there a discount code, et cetera? I tried to call your customer service but could not get through. Well, you got to call customer service 9 to 5. Otherwise, you won't get them. You can also hit them up at support at 247sports.com. Um, but if you're a member, I don't know what discount code you're looking for. You can email me if you want at trey at hogsports.com also. You can shoot me a DM on the site. 
Uh, but sometimes your best effort, uh, your best option is to hit up our support team. And that's what they're there for. And I would use the email. Jason Hunter says season will be canceled if half canceled half in due to Delta variant, due to mandatory vaccination, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Donnell Williams says, who is the most overrated player in the SEC? Might be Matt Corral. I mean, I think for Arkansas fans, you feel that way. I mean, the last time you guys saw that guy, he threw six interceptions. He's voted SEC preseason player of the year. I mean, if Ole Miss doesn't have a great season this year, then he's not going to win that award because you also have to be on a great team to win that award. So he might be the most overrated player in the SEC. And that's just because he's been put at such a lofty place. Well, Texas proposed conf- – please don't use uh, abbreviations, people. SEC j- just means more. Yep. Toddy Jones says, we've done fine in many of the other sports too. Yeah. Taylor Beer, it's not just a football deal. I mean, baseball going to add Oklahoma and Texas. Basketball adding Oklahoma and Texas. Trey, have you heard any smoke that Texas legislator that A&M, Baylor, Texas Tech loans drawing up a bill to stop Texas from moving to the SEC? I've heard some kind of stuff. I don't know how any legs it has to it. Scott McFarland says, how many teams will the SEC add? Two, four, six. I mean, what's to stop them from getting to 32? Doing away with the NCAA, doing their own NFL type thing. I don't, I don't personally think that they're just stopping with Texas and, uh, and Oklahoma. I don't think this is just like let's add two teams and wait 10 more years to do it again. I could see them adding more than that, creating a whole deal, their own rules. I mean, everything's changed so much with this NIL stuff. Matt A. Worley says, who's going to pick up Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU players? They usually get the hogs. So, Baylor, TCU, they say they've reached out to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has always had a bit of an aversion to taking programs and universities with religious affiliations. One reason, BYU's not in the Pac-12. TCU and Baylor both have, you know, religious affiliations. So does that hurt them? Do they get left out in the cold in this whole deal? Did somebody reach out to the Big Ten? I don't know. Do they set up a new conference some kind of way? I mean, to me, the Big 12 cannot continue the way it is. I mean, like, look at what they've done over the years. They've got – they lost Nebraska. They lost Colorado. They lost uh, Texas A&M. They lost Missouri. I mean, that's four pretty big programs. And now they've lost Texas and Oklahoma. And what have they replaced them with? They replaced them with, you know, TCU has done – yeah, they've done well. But they were like in the Mountain West – They've added West Virginia from way over all the way halfway across the country. I mean, these are the answers that they have. And they don't have 12 teams. They have 10 teams. And now they're going to have eight. And they're not – none of the teams that they have, there's not a single program as a historic power in that conference now. Not a single one. Oklahoma State might be the premier program in that conference now. Tyler Tober says, when Texas and OU join, how do you feel about the idea of pods subdivision? I think that's the way to do it. I think you have pods and you have uh, regular opponents, and it only makes sense to make Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, right? Just that northern group. That's the one I saw that I liked. 
And if that's the case, then maybe it is good for Arkansas. Nathan E. Allen says, hey, Trey, do you know if Arkansas uses mental coaching? Seems like a lot of top athletes in different stores started getting mental coaching to improve performance, and I feel like it would help Arkansas get an edge. I'm not sure what you mean by mental coaching. Is it like a program or something? Lance Jackson says, absolute disaster for Arkansas when these teams enter the SEC. Arkansas is better off going to another conference. Yep, that's that defeatist attitude, Lance, that I don't like. It's too hard here. These guys hit too hard. We got to go somewhere else. We can't recruit with these guys. <laughs> Tyler Tober says, which games would you dictate as the make or break games for this season? I mean, the home games, I would say. You, you, well, first of all, you start off with Texas. That's a big one. I mean, Arkansas, I think, can win that game. There's so much unknown. They still don't have a quarterback. They're siding between two guys who are former four-star recruits, one of them really highly recruited. Uh, so it's not like they're – deciding over chopped liver. They have a new system, new coordinator. It's the second game of the season. The first game, Texas plays Louisiana, so it's not like they can just gloss over Louisiana and focus all on Arkansas, can they? Louisiana's got a pretty good program. So, to me, that Texas game is huge. Um, the Auburn game in Fayetteville, the Mississippi State game in Fayetteville, the Missouri game in Fayetteville, all of those are critical. And, you know, Texas A&M on the road. They got a new quarterback, too. Arkansas is technically the home team. It's a neutral, but it's still a road game, technically. Lance Lindsey says, I don't think Texas and OU coming to the SEC will be any way good for Arkansas. Texas A&M has hurt Arkansas since they joined with the addition of Texas and OU. Will be the final nail in the coffin, closing the door to recruiting Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I mean, like when Arkansas was in the league with Texas and Texas A&M before, and, you know, Baylor and TCU and Houston, all those teams that were in the old Southwest Conference, Arkansas had a lot of success. So maybe they will. But, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, these are just opinions, and you could be absolutely right, Lance. You could be absolutely right. This could be a disaster for Arkansas. Or it could help Arkansas. We just don't know. I don't think there's any question that – uh, Texas A&M joining the SEC hurt Arkansas, though. But I don't know if bringing more teams in is going to hurt Arkansas as much as it – I think it's just going to hurt Texas A&M. If it hurts Texas A&M, maybe that's a good thing. As long as KJ has been around, he has shown up, says Robert Murphy. Donnell Williams says, KJ 30 touchdowns this season. Well, well they'd definitely go to a bowl game if he did that. Rocky says, Brother Biddy always hating on my name. Mark Jones said some of these comments are ridiculous. Yeah, some of them are. Donnell Williams says, how many new starting quarterbacks are in the SEC? Man, I'd have to go through the whole list. But, I mean, Arkansas obviously has a new one. Texas A&M has a new one. Ole Miss doesn't. Mississippi State could. I mean, I, I, I need to get the list. Let me see. I guess I could bring up the list real quick. But – Missouri doesn't. Florida does. Georgia kind of doesn't. JT Daniels started, I guess, half the year last year. Uh, what's my prediction on the win-loss? I don't like to do a win-loss yet. I'll wait till after fall camp before we do our predictions. But I will say, I, I'll just say I, I think six shouldn't be out of the question. We'll wait till I, I, I see how I feel after fall camp. Billy Hampton says, so on 103.7 The Buzz this morning, someone from LSU said the government of Louisiana was going to get with LSU University to make it mandatory that if you go to LSU game at home, you'll have to show your COVID vaccination card in order to get in. Have you, have you heard 
Sorry, I thought you were saying ha, but it cut off. Have you heard? I was like, ha, have you heard anything of this? Will Arkansas do the same? Your thoughts? I don't think Arkansas will. Um, Ray Stable says that's hip, hip violation. Yeah, it could be. Taylor Bearden says, I predict that Odom's defense will shut out Texas in the first half. Let's go. Warren's down. Chris Foley says, with Texas and OU, it used to be Nebraska was always mentioned too. Big Ten isn't what they hoped either. Neither are they actually. Would they try to slide into Nebraska? I don't know. Maybe Nebraska considers going back to the Big 12 and they try to get things going again without Texas and OU. I mean, Texas kind of controlled that conference. Even though they haven't been the winning program, it's been OU. Running the ball will be the key to this season. Sam Pittman said many times when Arkansas can run the ball when they have to and stop the run when they have to, that's when they'll take it up a notch. Mark Jones says Arkansas will be okay. Players want to play for Pittman. He is good recruiter in Texas and Oklahoma, not stopping nothing. Arkansas has to win. I mean, it's great to be a good recruiter, but once Arkansas can win with the players that they have, then they'll be able to take it up a notch and win with better players. Do you all like my new sign over here? Should I put it over here? Do you like it there? I thought it looked cool. It's kind of got lines on it. I wonder where that's from. Anyway, all right, everybody. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank Danny West for joining us, and I want to appreciate – I appreciate all of you for your questions. I can barely talk right now, but when I start getting over 50 minutes, I just really start struggling. Uh, but I uh, appreciate all your questions, and go to hogsports.com and sign up for $1 right now for your first month, and throw us a like if you haven't done so already, and throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All right, everybody, we'll be back with you guys soon. I'm not sure if we'll do Thursday or if we'll wait till Monday. just depends on what happens. We get a lot of stuff, lot of stuff happening. We might jump in on Thursday. But when football, when fall camp gets here – We'll start doing this again two times a week. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogswars.com, and we'll catch you next time.